From finance and commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. Above all, it's a show about what's next, creativity, and the innovation and technology that are changing how we work and shaping the future of business throughout our state. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers who may challenge the status quo, but also make their dreams a reality. I'm Joel Shetler, your host and editor of Finance and Commerce, Minnesota's oldest business newspaper and online publication. Thanks so much for joining me. It could be said that Minneapolis-based Hyde Development co-founder Paul Hyde's career is a big detour from what he set out to be when he earned multiple law degrees in school. But it might be more accurate to say that his pursuit of learning the law set him on the path to his true calling. Hyde, who is 54 this year, started his work as a redeveloper of brownfields and other disused sites back in 1995. The business, which he founded with his late father Mac, only recently finished redeveloping one of the largest industrial sites in the Twin Cities, the eight-building Northern Stacks in Fridley. Paul Hyde has seen the Twin Cities commercial real estate market undergo a massive slowdown in recent weeks due to the COVID-19 pandemic, but he is remaining optimistic about his company's future. Finance and Commerce reporter Matt Johnson sat down virtually with Hyde during the first few days in April to talk about commercial real estate, Hyde's growth, and how Minnesota's stay-at-home orders are impacting the industry. Paul Hyde is co-founder and owner of of Hyde Development, which is based in Minneapolis. Hyde has been partnering with uh, M.A. Mortensen Company in a number of the uh, company's industrial projects. The partnership has helped Hyde Development move outside the Minnesota market into Denver with its development work. Paul Hyde, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. First question I had for you, I looked over your um, bio before we got started on this interview. Um, I saw all the uh, studies you had in in law. You actually have a a master's degree in law studies as as well as uh, you earned a JD at one point. Tell me how you got into your present line of work and how you wound up uh, detouring away from the law. Yeah, um, I grew up... uh with my father, who was an environmental lawyer. And after graduating college, I always had an interest in in law. Uh, And I really enjoyed it because it's like learning the rules to monopoly. (laughs) And uh, throughout uh, going to law school, I was dating a woman in uh, Hartford, Connecticut, whose dad was a real estate developer. And he focused mostly on office developments, but I really got the real estate bug from him and decided uh, after coming back to Minneapolis and starting the law practice that I really wanted to pursue a real estate development career and was able to take my dad's expertise in environmental law. He had done two of the first redevelopments of polluted sites uh, in the state of Minnesota and use that expertise to start developing these, what were called at the time, brownfield sites, these polluted infill urban sites that needed some environmental cleanup, but once cleaned up could be a good new industrial site. So that's how I made the transition. 
So uh, tell me, what uh, what projects are you working on right now, both as just high development and in partnership with others? Yeah, we own uh, industrial buildings in Minneapolis, Fargo, and in Denver, Colorado. Uh, our Northern Stacks project here is uh, nearly 100% complete. The original buildings are all 100% leased. Uh, and then we're working on a vacancy or two in a building we acquired and kind of repositioned last year called Stacks 8. Uh, we're also active with a little a creative office building in northeast Minneapolis. It used to be the old YMCA building at uh, 2125 East Hennepin. We call Nordost Exchange. We're about 75% lease there. And in Denver, we're active in uh, with Mortensen on, on two large uh, industrial parks, uh, first called 76 Commerce Center, where we're finishing our second out of four buildings. That building will finish in June and is a 350,000 square foot uh, cross dock bulk warehouse building. And in January of this year, uh, in partnership with Mortensen, we bought 125 acres uh, right near DIA and the large gateway uh, hotel there. And that project we're currently involved in entitlements and expect to start our first building there next year on what will ultimately be a two and a half million square foot industrial park. So you have quite a bit going, and I'm, I'm guessing you had some uh, ideas or projections coming into 2020 as to what you'd like to be building and continuing to invest in. Um, can you tell me a little bit about um, how your predictions for 2020 might have changed, you know, considering how uh, the economy has changed over the past few weeks or, or two months? Yeah, I would summarize it as going from uh, offense to defense uh, is the best way to summarize it how that's changed um it's been a turbulent couple of weeks we've seen that the lockdowns have had a dramatic effect on our tenants um first hit the food and beverage industry the hardest we've got uh a brewery in the northern stacks boiler room called forgotten star we have a restaurant tenant called the Lynn Hall in Uptown. And they've gone from being open and profitable and vibrant to being shut down and then trying to adapt to be able to serve beers uh, through drive-up delivery or serve meals through drive-up um, pickup delivery. So um, we've seen that start to creep uh, tenants asking for rent relief outside of just those traditional businesses to those in entertainment. And uh, we don't have any hotels, uh, thank goodness. But the hotel business is just being devastated. And I think we're going to continue to see that wind through our tenants, uh, depending on the length of this. And so you're, you're faced uh, with tenants asking for help. Uh, none of this was their fault. None of this was something they did poorly. It's a global pandemic we all face together. And 
unlike past crises I've been through, this one has really much more of sort of a a spirit of cooperation from ourselves to the tenants and then then our conversations with our bankers where we're saying, hey, our tenants aren't paying us rent. Can we get some relief on uh, maybe making the loans uh, interest only or getting some relief from the next three months of mortgage payments and sticking them on the back end of the mortgage uh, of the loan? So there's a real common spirit and an effort to kind of work together to solve the problem because we recognize that when this stay-at-home orders are, are passed, the best thing that can happen is that our tenants go back to work and start paying us rent again and start operating our businesses. So we want to try and keep them in as good a shape as we can so that that happens as fast as possible. You know, we've, we've as you said, we've, we've seen uh, changes in a lot of... Um, portions of the the economy um you know particularly we're also seeing some changes in in retail with a lot of retailers closed down you deal in industrial space and uh, we we certainly have seen a lot of people ordering from home to avoid going out i'm curious if you've thought about this but what sort of business segments might you see as hyde's top tenant prospects in the coming couple of years uh, considering you know this potential upswing in e-commerce that might be beyond what we even estimated before COVID nineteen. Well, what makes this um, particular uh, economic downturn or crisis so different from the rest, Matt, is that it happens so fast and it's so broad. And that didn't happen with the global financial crisis. That took months to unfold. It took years to get the relief put together. This is all happening in weeks. Um, But it's having a dramatic effect on behaviors. And if I spend, you know, several hours working on a tenant asking for rent relief and trying to talk it through with the bank, I'm spending just as much or more time planning new industrial buildings uh, for folks that are looking to dramatically expand. And it's because patterns of behavior are changing. Uh, It's not only people using e-commerce that never have before, but they're using it for different things than they ever have before, maybe groceries. Um, It's an awareness now that just in time sure is slick Uh, when everything's working well, but it really stinks when there's a disruption in the supply chain, which leads tenants in our buildings to say, you know what, we need to start stocking more inventory. And finally, I think you're going to see some repatriation, whether it's surgical masks or manufacturer vaccines, not being done all over the world, but coming back to our country so that they're here when we need them and they're going to be put in buildings like ours. So while this is a violent and terrible experience we're going through, I think on the other end of it, if you're looking at some real estate 
optimism. There's going to be a great time for industrial coming out of this, perhaps more so than other sectors of the real estate market. I suspect, like the rest of us, you're sort of constrained in your movements and where you are during the day. Um, I was curious to find out what you're you're able to do for fun uh, in in the probably less time you're getting away from work right now. Yeah, I don't know about you, Matt, but um, I almost feel more busy. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you think about our business as being a business that's so relationship-based, uh, whether it's us with the municipalities we work with or the banks or our tenants or the brokers or the folks that build the buildings for us or clean up the sites. Um, so we've been spending, my fun is trying to reconnect with those people who I miss and I miss seeing. <laughs> and that's, you know, using Zoom for virtual happy hours, uh, We'll have three or four of those this week. Just uh, see the faces and stay in touch with the relationships that make our business hum and make this such a fun place to work. Well, Paul Hyde, thank you very much for your um, perspectives on the work you're doing right now. Uh, We really appreciate you sitting down with us today. Well, thanks for doing it. I think it's terribly important what you're doing. Uh, We all need to keep communicating with each other. And when we do that, we don't feel so alone. And uh, that may be the key to getting through this. I agree. Thank you so much. Thanks, Matt. Thank you for listening. And please subscribe to Beyond the Skyline. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. To learn more about finance and commerce, or to subscribe, go to our website, www.finance-commerce.com. I'm Joel Shetler, Editor of Finance and Commerce. Thank you again for listening to Beyond the Skyline.